In America, evil will not win, I promise you. The nation jolted by another mass shooting, but what, if anything, will change? A momentous development in Europe, NATO will expand. It's Vladimir Putin's worst nightmare. And here at home, baby formula, the scramble to increase supply. I'm Paul Brandis. You're listening to West Wing Reports from Washington. It's Friday, May 20th. It has happened again, an all-American massacre with an automatic weapon. This time, a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, 10 dead, 3 wounded, and the killer, an 18-year-old self-admitted white supremacist, says he deliberately targeted the store because it's in a black community. President Biden, who visited the neighborhood, describes it as straight-up terrorism and pure evil. In America, evil will not win, I promise you. Hate will not prevail, and white supremacy will not have the last word. For the evil did come to Buffalo. It's come to all too many places. Manifest in gunmen who massacred innocent people in the name of hateful and perverse ideology rooted in fear and racism. It's taken so much. Ten lives cut short in a grocery store. Three other wounded, three or three other wounded by a hate-filled individual who had driven 200 miles from Binghamton and that range to carry out a murderous, racist rampage. Biden also says the media, or at least parts of it, is to blame for spreading incendiary rhetoric and for playing up something called the Great Replacement Theory. What is that anyway? I hate that through the media and politics, the Internet, has radicalized, angry, alienated, lost, and isolated individuals into falsely believing that they will be replaced, that's the word, replaced, by the other, by people who don't look like them and who are, therefore, in a perverse ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beings. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. That's what it is. The so-called Great Replacement Theory is hardly new. You may recall, for example, the 2017 demonstration in Charlottesville, Virginia, when young white men, some carrying Nazi flags, some carrying Confederate flags, rallied against people who weren't like them. Blacks, Jews, immigrants, you had to be white and presumably native-born and presumably Christian to be a part of this crowd. Never mind, of course, that unless your ancestors were Native Americans, you are also the product of immigration yourself. And never mind that for those who hate blacks, as the Buffalo shooter did, they were brought here 
forcibly to be slaves. Perhaps those proudly waving the Confederate flag might ask themselves, if you hate blacks so much, why do you glorify a culture that brought them here in the first place? Oh, right, because it brought them here to be slaves. The Supreme Court's infamous Dred Scott decision, the worst, the most disgraceful decision in American history, ruled that blacks, after all, were unworthy of American citizenship. But when we consider the Buffalo Killer and similar mass murderers, the white man who shot up a black church in Charleston, or the white man who shot up a synagogue in Pittsburgh, or the white man who shot up a Walmart in El Paso, it's clear who the unworthy ones truly are. These and other incidents are a reminder that we've seen this before too many times before. FBI Director Christopher Wray described them in recent congressional testimony. But we're also countering lone domestic violent extremists, radicalized by personalized grievances, ranging from racial and ethnic bias to anti-government, anti-authority sentiment, to conspiracy theories. There is no doubt about it. Today's threat is different from what it was 20 years ago, and it'll almost certainly continue to change. Speaking of seeing this before, the Buffalo attack has reignited the debate about guns, particularly weapons of war like the AR-15 that was used there and in so many other massacres over the years. But don't expect anything to happen at the federal level. The gun lobby remains powerful and well-financed. In fact, one prominent gun rights group, not the NRA, but another one, is raising money off the Buffalo Massacre. It sent out an email saying that, quote, while the bloodthirsty killer who murdered these innocent people is to blame for his actions, unquote, New York politicians who favor strict gun control, and I'm quoting again here, they have blood on their hands, too. Sweden and Finland made it through the entire Cold War without joining NATO, the U.S.-led military alliance, but now they want in thanks to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Their leaders got a warm welcome at the White House. It was out of the wreckage of World War II that NATO was formed. And in seven decades that followed, NATO has proved itself an indispensable alliance committed to a Europe whole, free, and at peace. But in recent years, doubts began to arise. Was NATO still relevant? Was it still effective? Is it still needed in the 21st century world? Today, there is no question NATO is relevant. It is effective and is more needed now than ever. The indispensable alliance of decades past is still the indispensable alliance for the world we face today. And I would argue tomorrow as well. Vladimir Putin has long sought to get rid of NATO. His dream nearly came true when former President Trump spoke of pulling America out. One theory is that Putin held off invading Ukraine in the hopes that Trump would be re-elected and wreck NATO himself. That didn't happen, and so Kremlin planning for the invasion began in the spring of last year. 
Just One Theory. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. House lawmakers passed a bill that will provide $28 million in emergency funding to help with the current shortage of FDA-regulated infant formula. That C-SPAN coverage of two big House votes to provide money to help get more baby formula onto store shelves. Shelves are bare in parts of the country. The House votes came after President Biden invoked the Defense Production Act, usually a wartime measure, to help companies make more formula. Meanwhile, and get this, the vast majority of House Republicans voted against both measures. This is a factual matter. Republicans voted not to try and help desperate parents secure more formula. Meanwhile, Patrick Sly, president of Global Nutrition at Reckitt, which makes the formula infamil, spoke with CBS's Nora O'Donnell. Parents are desperate. What is your company doing to ramp up supply? For many months now, we have increased our production by more than 30%, and we are now feeding more than 200,000 more babies a month than we were before. We're working closely with the administration and the FDA to try to accelerate additional production and bring on a new facility. Also, to secure additional raw materials that we need for our formulas to increase our production. Your company makes Infamil, a very popular brand. What kinds of ingredients are you having trouble getting because of supply chain issues? Our products are very complex products. They're almost pharmaceutical grade products. And there are dozens and dozens of ingredients that go into our products. One example would be one of the oils that goes into our products was impacted by what's going on in Ukraine. As much as we want to increase the production, we know that we're taking care of a very vulnerable population and safety is absolutely paramount. I think a lot of people are wondering, how could this happen in America? It shouldn't happen in America. It shouldn't happen anywhere else for that matter. And I can assure you, we won't rest. Our teams won't rest until we get every baby in this country the formula that they need. The cost of baby formula is skyrocketing, up double digits in just the past year. Is your company profiting from the low supply? There are some unscrupulous people online that are profiteering uh, from this. We're very disappointed to see that. I know the administration is taking that very seriously. Does that mean your company is not raising prices? We have not raised prices since the recall. Absolutely not. I'm a mother of three kids. I know you're a father. I'm sure you hear about it from people in your neighborhood and your community. People are really scared and worried. What advice do you have for parents? 
I certainly understand how, how they feel as a father of four and the stress that they must be under. They can go on infomel.com. We have a formula finder that can help them identify places where they can find our products and where it's available. They may not be able to find the exact format or size that they normally use the product. For example, they may not be able to find powder and they, they may need to look at a liquid version, but I can assure them the nutrition in different formats is the same. I would also suggest that they talk to their baby's doctor. Many times the baby's doctor will have samples that can tide them over until product is available at a retail store. That's what I'm telling my friends and family that are calling me right now. Those are some practical tips that I'd suggest parents consider. Other headlines this week. You may think you're done with COVID, but it might not be done with you. Federal officials say case numbers are so high in about one-third of the country and spreading so fast that folks should consider wearing a mask whether there are mandates or not. Most of those areas, by the way, are in the Northeast. A key reading on the economy softened in April. The so-called Index of Leading Economic Indicators slipped largely on a fall in home-building permits and a decline in consumer confidence. Jeffrey Bartash, an economics writer for MarketWatch, says, quote, The U.S. economy is in pretty good shape. Consumers are still spending plenty of money, and businesses are still hiring and investing. But, he adds, rising interest rates could further slow the economy. And talk about a pain in the gas. The average price of regular nationwide now four fifty-eight a gallon. AAA says that's up nearly half a buck from just a month ago. This says the big summer driving season approaches. Now let's hear about another Evergreen podcast that I know you'll enjoy. We often hear about the individuals who took the oath of office to become the chief executive. But what about the other people who play a role in each administration or the events that may not be as well known, but that contribute to the reshaping of the office of the American presidency? On the presidencies of the United States, we explore each administration beyond just the person holding the highest elected office in order to better understand the history that brought us to the modern day presidency. I hope you'll join me on this journey through the annals of presidential history. Presidencies can be found anywhere fine podcasts can be found and is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Time now to open up the West Wing Report's archives and see what made history this week in the past. 1844, the first telegraph line in the United States between Washington and Baltimore was completed. It was more than a telegraph. It was also key military technology that would be used by President James Polk to manage the Mexican-American War. It later gave Abraham Lincoln a huge edge during the Civil War. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. Speaking of technology, John F. Kennedy said in 1961 that landing a man on the moon by the end of the 1960s would be a huge leap for America, the kind of daring adventure that 
only free men were capable of. Kennedy's audacious goal would be achieved in 1969. The president, of course, did not live to see it. And in the old days, you could drive your car on the stretch of Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House. That ended in 1995 when the Secret Service shut it down for security reasons. It's now a pedestrian plaza. Want more history? Check out my books on Amazon. I'll sign them for you, too. Just shoot me an email. pbrand is at evergreenpodcasts.com. And need a speaker for your event? I do that, too. Current events, economics, analysis, history, I connect the dots and would love to hear from you. Speaking of books, by the way, I'll send you one if you download my new app. It's called West Wing Reports, available in the Apple and Android stores. Just download it on your phone or tablet. There's a button called What's on Your Mind. All you do is push, talk, and send. That's it. Leave a comment and your name goes into a drawing for any of my books, your choice. I'd like to end each week with a quote, something you might find thoughtful. This week, it's from the late great comedian Robin Williams. He said, quote, politicians should wear sponsor jackets like NASCAR drivers. Then we'll know who owns them. Think about it. Well, that's all for this week. My email again, pbrand, is at evergreenpodcasts.com. I'd love to hear from you. West Wing Reports is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to C-SPAN and CBS for the audio clips. Our producer, sound designer, and engineer, Noah Fouts. Executive producers, Michael DeAloya and Gerardo Orlando. And I'm Paul Brandis in Washington. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.